The Chicago Bulls' recent play without Zach Levine, albeit in one game, has opened up a lot of Bulls fans' eyes and to wonder what this team would truly look like without having a ball-dominant player like Zach Levine on it. On today's episode, we're going to talk about why it's important for the Bulls to use this next week without Zach Levine to completely evaluate the young talent they have on this roster and why Nikola Vucevic actually disagrees that the Chicago Bulls are better without DeMar and Zach Levine. We're going to get into all that, plus preview the game against the Hornets and dive into the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. Well, before we get into the content, I want to remind you guys, we have a lot of new subs that have popped up here recently, and I want to let everyone know who does not know, on Saturdays and Sundays are mailbag days. Yeah, we'll still review games, things like that when they come up, but it's your chance and opportunity to get your voice heard on the show. So if you're a new subscriber, uh, either on the podcast side or on the YouTube side, well, at the end of the show, plug the voicemail where you can send your voicemails in. They're always in the description as well, so you can find that number and email to how to contact us. Now, with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So, you know, the, the Bulls announced yesterday, or it was announced yesterday, came out via Sham Sharani, that Zach Levine will miss the next week. That's three games that he's going to be missing on the schedule for the Chicago Bulls. And so that gives the Bulls, if, if it's the full seven days from when it was announced yesterday, that gives the Bulls three days to really evaluate how some of these players are going to look with more opportunities to be a bigger uh, priority in the offense. And so when you look at the way that the Bulls played in the game against the Bucks, they played in ways that, you know, we really wanted to see from this team. They got out in transition, which was really good. Uh, they rebounded the ball really well. We out-rebounded the Bucks, I think, by eight rebounds, if I'm going back to that correctly. We got out in transition. We moved the ball around. We were moving without the ball. And it really kind of helped unlock a play style for the Bulls that we wanted to see. We even shot 37 three-pointers, which is slightly above league average, but that's what the Bulls wanted to get to is to be uh, a better, a more volume shooting three team while also, uh, you know, shooting the ball well. So, you know, that's that's what you really want to look at uh, with this uh, Chicago Bulls team. And so ultimately it just comes down to this and this alone, right? The, the front office needs to be using this time to truly evaluate what this team looks like, especially, you know, when we face the uh, New Orleans Pelicans tonight. So we're going to preview that game towards the end of that. I'll give some kind of specific keys to the game. But, you know, w while the Bulls are, you know, preparing and waiting for the Zach Levine trade and it's already come out that they may want to that what they want to wait, take a look at what the roster looks like after the Levine trade with the pieces they get back and things like that before they decide on other players. This is really an opportunity for you to evaluate P players like Kobe White, right? Who have, you know, played solidly at times over this season has really put strung together a lot of a, a lot of good games for the Chicago Bulls. But you know, he's more of a of a natural scorer as well to kind of put him in more of his natural areas. So you know, those are those are good things to look at and see uh, when it comes down to it. Or, or how you want to look at Kobe White, Alice Cruz. So we kind of know what Alice Cruz is, now, and I don't mean that in a negative way. He is shooting the best three point shooting percentage of his career so far, so that's always good. And we got to see a more aggressive Patrick Williams as well. Ayodosumu stepped up for the Chicago Bulls, so. It's really important for this Bulls team to come in and, and to, to continue, you know, playing well and for the front office to uh, take an objective look at what these young players can look like with more opportunities, right? And so that may make the Bulls maybe a little bit more open and take some of these deals back. We've already heard that, you know, the Bulls aren't going to find the market to maybe what they would hope they were going to find for Zach Levine had they moved off of him earlier, things like that. And, 
you know, that kind of comes with the territory. It's unfortunate, right? I don't, I'm not giving them a pass for it. It's unfortunate, but it kind of is what it is there. And so when it comes down to it, this is a chance to evaluate. This is a chance to really look at things. And wins aren't necessarily the goal. And I, and I want to make sure that I say that because some people here in evaluation, they'll say, oh, well, we're going to lose anyway. It's not. That's not how you can evaluate a player. Yes, wins are great, and if you can get that, but it really doesn't come down to wins per se, especially when you're evaluating young players who are stepping into new roles. It comes to see how they go about their business, how they personally execute, right? How they play as a team, does the ball stick, things like that, the decisions that they make. Those are things that this front office really wants to take and use this time to evaluate because you're not really going to get another opportunity like this if Zach Levine does come back healthy um, until he is moved. So it's only three games. It's a small sample size. You, f- you face the Pelicans, the uh, Hornets, and the Spurs, I believe, over this stretch. So those are those are the teams we get to look at. The the, the Pelicans matchup, we'll talk about that. I have, I have some takes when it comes down to that. But, you know, people came into the season thinking that the Chicago Bulls' future was kind of like bleak in, in a lot of ways, right? And you hear a lot of Bulls fans say things like, oh, well, we don't have any draft assets, which we do. We, we owe one first-round pick out to the San Antonio Spurs. We got plenty of draft draft picks going forward to the future with the opportunity to add more depending on what we get in the Zach Levine trade, what other moves we make subsequent to that. So, you know, that that the draft aspect, the draft pick aspect of it, it we're in a solid place with that. Um, and when you look at the young players, Kobe White, like I said, is a player that's definitely stepped up for the Chicago Bulls and still learning a role. Hasn't shot the ball too efficiently, but he's definitely been on the uptick lately. And we'll see, and you get a look at him. But when you look at Kobe White, um, four out of the last six games, he scored 20 points or above, shooting the ball pretty effectively throughout that as well. Uh, back against Miami, he shot 63% from the field for 20 points. Against, against the OKC Thunder, 23 points for 47% from the field, 58 from three-point range. 14 points against the Raptors, but 55% from the field, 57% from three-point range. And then against the Brooklyn Nets, 23 points, 43% from the field, 41 from three-point range. And then against the uh, Boston Celtics, 19 points for 58% from the field and 60% from three-point range. And then not great percentages against the Milwaukee Bucks, 35% from three, 30, I mean 36% from three, 35 from the field, but 23 points. And that's not even to mention the rebounds that he's getting, the assists that he's getting, all those things being solidly as well. Kobe White's been playing really well, and so, you know, get, get to get to take a look at him and not only what he looks like as a starting point guard, but in a, being able to play a role that's kind of more conducive to his skill set and be that scorer. And, you know, in, in him talking about coming into the season that he wanted to be more consistent, you get a chance now to say, hey, fella, how are you going to go out there and be consistent this upcoming week? Because you're going to you're gonna have a much larger role. We'll see what happens with DeMar. If he plays or not, we'll talk about that some as well. So, you know, those are things to look at um, uh, in this and Ayo DeSumo's just really grown in his role as well. Patrick Williams has played. He strung together like six good games of scoring in double digits, being really um, impactful, making, getting rebounds, getting blocks, getting steals, things like that. So you want to see that continue to grow from them and continue to evaluate them, and we'll see what, what comes of it. Now, a lot of the common thought, kind of knee-jerky from pundits, fans, everybody of alike, was that the Bulls are a better team now without Zach Levine and DeMar. It's only been one game. Um, and while the ball, like I said, the way that we play, the play style was great, uh, Nikola Vucevic actually doesn't agree with that. He said this, no, nah, that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. We just came together. We knew we had to show better spirit. We come. Uh, we came back home. Um, it's one game. Those are our two best players. We need them. If we want to achieve anything big, we need them. So that has nothing to do with it. And, you know, you expect nothing less from a, a veteran player to ride with his guys, right, to support his guys. And, you know, I, I while the play style had to change, when you're missing two players that, that take – Shots at the volume of Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Zach a little bit less here lately because he's had more sub-10 shot games than he ever before. But 
Still, those are players that are going to touch the ball a lot. They're going to get a lot of shots. And so when you when that, when that you remove that, it means that everybody now is kind of forced to take a handful of shots more than what they would have before. And so not only did Boots play better in that area uh, as well, you just want to continue to see, uh, you know, how they're going to play. But, you know, it's not surprising. Boots is going to support his guys, and most of the guys on the team are going to support their guys in the comments and the things that they say. You're not going to get anybody to come out and be like, yeah, we're better without them. You know, let them stay at home for a while. They're out for a week. Cool. There's no biggie. Like, you're not going to get that. But I just wanted to point that out because while, you know, the conversation right now is a lot on how much better the Bulls play without them, and, and we'll see if that continues to be the story. Don't get me wrong. I, I kind of like look to more at the play style than, than the win-loss. But, you know, we'll see where we come to that. But with that said, we have a game against the New Orleans Pelicans coming in tonight. And this is a game that, you know, you guys know, I don't predict wins and losses with the Chicago Bulls. I haven't done so really in a while uh, on these uh, daily episodes. But this is a game where the Bulls are going to have to be on point. The Pelicans come in uh, basically fully healthy. I think the only place that the player that they have on the injury report is uh, Jose Alvarado, Larry Nance Jr. as well as on there. Um, but, you know, it uh, looks like Jose Alvarado is actually uh, listed as questionable right now for this game. We also have DeMar DeRozan listed as questionable. We already know Zach Levine's out on a lot, but team also is going to be out in this game. Not that he played in last game either anyway. Um, but this is a, 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 a Pelicans team that, listen, they can score all over. Three 20-point-per-game score, one 18-point-per-game score. We look at Brandon Ingram's lead them in score, scoring right now with 23.4. Zion's right there as well with 23.3. Then you got C.J. McCullum with 21 points, and then Trey Murphy with, with uh, 18. You got Valanciunas with 14, uh, Jordan Hawkins with 13, and Herb Jones with 11. So you got six players averaging double digits scoring. And so this is a team that also, rebounding-wise, they can rebound the ball. When Zion's healthy and if you let him get a down court on you, listen, it's going to be a long night for the Chicago Bulls. But one thing, I thought that coming into the Bucks game, it really comes down to heart for the Chicago Bulls team and execution on both offensive and defensive sides of the ball. And if the Bulls can rebound the ball well, we already know they can compete with anybody when they rebound the ball well and get steals, things like that, play that solid defense. The Pelicans come in as the about 15th ranked offense in the league, so nothing too extremely crazy there, right? They can fill it up. Uh, they shoot it at a decent percentage as well. Also, they're about a middle-of-the-pack team as well, rebounding-wise. So the Bulls, can they can find their lane there as far as trying to get uh, w- how they can get wins. So, listen, at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. And I really don't like oversimplifying it when it comes down to the Chicago Bulls. Right now, just it just does come down to execution. Do the Bulls come in and play with heart? If they come in and play with heart, they can be in any game. And that's what you want to see from the Bulls against the Pelicans tonight. Um, and we'll see if we can get the dub. And if the Bulls get another dub, they're second in a row. This will be the first time they string wins together in a row. Oh, that 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 voice that you hear from fans of saying, hey, just go ahead and sit, Zach, until we trade him is going to get even louder. But speaking of voices getting loud, it's your turn for your voices to be heard on the show. It's time to delve, dive into the mailbag. The first voicemail we have, this one's from Marcus. Hey, it's Marcus. Let's retry that, man. I don't know what's going on. Uh, let's redo the take. My opinion is fuck the Vucevic trade, fuck what happened in that other offseason, the three transactional periods where they did absolutely nothing. Let's not talk about what happened in the past. Let's talk about what happened most recently in this past offseason. For one, if they were going to trade Zach Levine, and I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement at this point, why the fuck didn't they do it during the offseason? I don't understand what they saw in this team that they thought would make them be different without actually adding any pieces that will improve the feeling of the team besides adding two seventh, eighth men and Tory Craig and Javon Carter. Um, 
And then the re-signing of Vucevic for three years, $20 million each year, every single year guaranteed, it's just male practice. Um, he cried about touches just to get more touches this year and completely play like ass. Now we have to look at it as we have an aging center on a bad contract that I can't think of many teams that have playoff aspirations that's going to trade assets for a center that can only play in drop coverage, doesn't draw fouls, really only operates in the mid-range, not that great in the post, and then he smokes layups consistently, and he already doesn't have the athleticism, and his age is catching up to him, so his athleticism is getting worse. I don't see how we can trade that Vucevic contract, in all honesty. Maybe the Memphis Grizzlies get desperate, and they're like, fuck it, let's just add another big since Stephen Adams is going to be out for the what this year and probably a little bit of next. Maybe they get desperate to do that, but besides that, I just don't understand what their plan was. Did they really think, and I mean, we see it now, but it's like they really thought, oh, yeah, let's send these guys to Nashville, let's hype up everything, and let's run back the same team and expect different results. The definition of insanity, man. It is, it's just crazy that everybody else saw it except the people that are paid the big dollars to actually make changes. So now we're on social media complaining about this shit every damn day when they aren't going to make actual changes. And I have fears that they're going to make changes and it's going to be worse than the shit that they did previously, man. So, yeah, it, it's a tough scene out here for Bulls fans. Uh, I used to argue with everybody, but at this point, we're all suffering. It doesn't matter who's right, who's wrong. AKME obviously are very headstrong on their decisions and they just don't want to make real changes man so i just had to get that off my chest um go bulls if i was any of the bulls fans if you play this on uh the podcast please watch some other teams i've been watching the orlando magic and they're so fun to watch they love playing with each other so yeah guys give up on this season don't watch this fucking season don't watch this fucking team don't spend any goddamn money on this fucking team watch somewhere else and let's hope for the next season goes better all right so this was this is a question that i've heard a lot of uh fans ask is why didn't we trade Zach Levine in the offseason because, again, the goal in this offseason wasn't to go rebuild or even a major league retool. It was to add players in the margin that helped this team. Nobody expected this team to fall off this bad. And like I said before, if you expected it to be this bad, you're just capping, right? Like, I can understand, like, hell, even what the, the Vegas odds had the Bulls winning, like, what was it, like 35 games? And that was looked at as a, damn, it's really that bad? Like, yes, the Bulls didn't make the big-name signings, but let's not make any mistake. Like, bringing in play, role players of, uh, that we did of Javon Carter and Torrey Craig were supposed to help in the areas of the margins that we needed it the most in. Now, it has not had necessarily the impact as well. As you know, we have health. DeMar hasn't been himself. Vooch is taking a big step back. But, you know, for that, the fans that are asking themselves, well, why didn't we just trade him this offseason? We knew we weren't going to compete for a title or whatever else it is. We, we didn't come into that with that expectation. That's not what the expectation of this front office was. It was to let's do some things to help improve where we can. We don't have a lot of money to add. And then let's see what we can do going forward and what this team looks like. Don't forget, AK did say in his, in his presser, we want to see if this is the group of guys. And you've now gotten the answer to that. Now, uh, uh, so, you know, yes, the trade value would have been higher. And don't get me wrong. If the Bulls would have traded Zach Levine in the offseason, the value for him would have probably been a little bit higher than what it is now. Now the, that uh, teams know the Bulls are looking to trade Zach. Zach's been tr playing bad, things like that. But at the end of the day, that's why. To answer your question, why didn't the Bulls trade Zach Levine in the offseason? Because that wasn't the goal. That wasn't where this team's mindset was at that time. Now, as far as the uh, re-signing of Vooch being malpractice, i got to disagree with you on that. Vooch isn't signed to a horrible deal. That is less than 13% of the salary cap. And I think we hear $20 million and we think about that in the framework of the old salary cap. But that is 
only a few million more than the mid-level exception. Now, if you sign somebody for the full mid-level exception, now the problem in it is that Vooch has seemed to decline. Now, the game against the Milwaukee Bucks has seemed to get better. Let's see how he plays with better spacing again tonight. But uh, that that's I don't think that's a male practice. And again, you're not always looking to move it. Now, you, you can replace. The Bulls were not in a place to be, uh, in a, to be able to replace Nikola Vucevic at any starting level center. So, yes, Vooch has taken a step back, but he still at that time offered the best scenario for the Chicago Bulls for a player that's been here. You can match, you, you can offer him what you need to. They didn't overpay. Uh, well, again, at that time, now that he's taking a slide, you can kind of make that, that uh, conversation. But fully expect Vooch is probably going to be here throughout the, the, full, the entirety of that three-year contract. So, and with the Bulls even going rebuild, having a player like Vooch that can do some passing, can do some facilitating, uh, depending on how you make the team up, he's going to be here for a while. But all right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Shay. Oh, hey, what's up, man? It's Shay. Look, look, I know that you ain't interested in oh that Lakers deal for for Demar Derozan and Alex Caruso may not be all that, but I'm gonna keep it real with you, man. I mean, for Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves, I say do that deal, and we ain't gotta give up Zach Levine. I say do it. Now, look, I know what you're thinking. Oh, you don't do rumor trades, blah blah blah. But think about it. And I want you to really think about it for a second. When we got Zach Levine for Jimmy Butler, he wasn't looked at as a star player necessarily when he was with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Austin Reeves, he could be a potential all-star, man. Especially when you're playing next to LeBron, you're going to eventually learn something. Hey, look at how Julius Randle, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and Brandon Ingram, and all the rest of the other motherfuckers that that looks good with playing with LeBron and look how they did when they went on their own. A lot of them have even became all-star, all-star players. And even though, well, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram and uh, Julius Randle, but a lot of them have become effective scorers and effective players. Maybe Austin Reeves could, could be an all-star if he's put in the right position. And think about it. Rui Hachimura, put him at the small forward spot, put Patrick Williams at the power forward spot, or put it in reverse. Then you got Austin Reeves and Kobe White. <laughs> hey man, you get defense, you get defense, and you get the and you get the offense. And then that could be our young core. They're around the same age as Patrick Williams and Kobe White, so they could still grow and they've been a part of winning situations already. And they ain't been champ. Well, Austin, well, Austin Reeves has, has been a champion, yeah. But Austin Reeves got a championship, and Rui Hachimura has been. A part of a winning franchise, and he has been a part of a winning franchise, and has been to the playoffs a couple of times. So, hey, who knows? That could be our young core with Reeves, with Reeves, Williams, Hachimura, and Kobe White, and maybe that could start us off with this rebuild or retool, or whatever the hell you want to call it. And along with Vooch, I know Vooch is not looking good, but hey, he might get it together in February, and we could probably turn the season around. Who knows? Look at what Boston did when they got all. Them players like Isaiah Thomas and a couple of years ago in the Olympics. Nobody expected them to be as good as they was, but they did it. Along with Jason Tatum. Who knows, man? It might work out. Anyway, tell me. All right, so first off, the Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves is not the rumor deal for DeMar DeRozan and Caruso. That was what the Bulls would want back in a Zach Levine. So I just wanted to add that clarity there. Um, and then you say Jimmy Butler as far he wasn't looked at as a star. I, I he hadn't made an All Star team at that point yet. I don't think I don't think he made an All Star team until after he left the Chicago Bulls. Could be wrong on that. I could be wrong on that. Um, but when it comes down to it, like z people knew that Jimmy Butler was one of the best two way players in the game of basketball at that time. So 
you know, that comes down to it as well. That play absolutely plays a part. Yeah, I was tripping. Uh, 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 Jimmy Butler was a two-time All-Star when he was here with the Chicago Bulls. So, no, people knew that Jimmy Butler was a, was a star before he was. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, Shay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, as far as Austin Reeves, though, being a future All-Star, um, I can't say that I necessarily see that potential. Again, All-Star, though, is kind of based off popularity at times, too. Like, don't get me wrong. Austin Reeves is a solid player. I'm not making no mistake. He doesn't replace Zach, right? And But he's a, he's a solid enough player with a solid enough upside. He is also older than uh, Patrick Williams, who's still crazy. Him and Rui Hachimura are three years older than Patrick Williams. So there you go on that. Uh, so if you still believe in the ceiling or, or think that Austin Reeves can, I know not you, Shay, but I'm just saying generally, if you believe that Austin Reeves can still round out this game, so can Patrick Williams. But, you know, and when it comes down to it, here's what I'll say, is that if the Bulls do get back Rui Hachimura and uh, Austin Reeves, again, and I think people will miss misunderstood what was said on the episode where I dropped that. That's not the only things they'll get back. That's the baseline of the deal, meaning it's still more that has to be added to that. Um, I, I think, yeah, listen, you're getting two solid pieces back of young players that you could still look at. You're not getting a one-for-one one for Zach Levine. You're not. And if fans think that, I know you're not, Shay, but if fans think that, that's silly, right? Uh, but when it comes down to it, I guess we'll see, man. Whatever the Bulls do get, I hope they do get some upside in the players that they get, and they get some picks, and we'll end up seeing. Let's get into this next voicemail. This one is from Big O. Well, no, hey, Big O, man. <clears throat> Big O, bro, calling in again. Oh, uh, I know, uh, yeah, the report came out that uh, to ask the question, uh, how, do, how do we feel about uh, AK uh, pretty much saying he's not taking calls from other players until he moves back to the first. Uh, I would say it's logic because he's your biggest trade ship, and you probably know what you – I ain't going to say no. You probably have a sense of where he's going to get other guys based on who's calling and based on what the value is around DeMar, Boots, uh, uh, and, and Caruso. You probably have a good idea of that. But I think uh, Zach Levine is probably the – he's the biggest trade chip, but he's also the uncertain uh, trade chip as far as where he know he's going to get back. So I think that's the thinking. Uh, but because it's AK, who always worried about it, um, but I also want to say that because uh, I know I heard you and Pat said uh, don't expect a full rebuild or a tank, uh, and 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 I kind of uh, I agree, but I disagree because uh, once you trade Zach Levine, uh, you're going to be bad. I mean, you're bad with Zach Levine. So how much better do you think you're going to be with Zach Levine? I just can't see this team being good whether AK uh, realized that he wants to tank or not. Like. Uh, like uh, what you call it said, the reporter said, um, uh, one of the national reporters said, the Bulls are in a rebuild and don't know it. So rather, they can't realize it or not, this team is going to be bad. I don't care. Because Billy Donovan, your coach, and your roster ain't good. So he can go get whoever he want to get, Rui Hachimura, Austin Reed. That, this team is not going to all of a sudden turn into a playoff team. I'm sorry. We all should know that. This team is going to be bad either way. So you, you can tank on purpose or you can tank because your team stinks. It don't matter to me. Uh, as far as uh, uh, I know you guys keep talking about uh, tank don't lead the championship, I have a different philosophy when it comes to that. As a fan, uh, I don't think – obviously the goal is always to win championships. But as a fan, as from my perspective, you can really only ask your, your 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 ownership in your front office to build a contender. Because once you're a contender, every year it's about five, six teams that can truly win a championship. And the difference between one of those five or six teams, it becomes health, it becomes luck, it becomes 
a Kawhi bounce when he was on the Raptors versus the Sixers. It becomes a player getting injured here or there. It be, everything, uh, the coaching becomes a big, a, a, a larger part of that. It, it, it's so many variables that come down to actually winning it as a fan. You can only ask your fan to be a contender. So when you talk about Big O, I'm gonna make a suggestion here, and it, like. You, it's okay to leave multiple voicemails. How about you pick a topic and then leave a voicemail each for those, and then I can even play it up, break it up over multiple episodes. Because it seems like you try to rush through your thoughts, Big O, and sometimes you don't always like the voicemail cut off on you. I don't want that to happen. You got a three minute time limit, so don't try to just get in the most thoughts possible. Just flesh out your thoughts, and then we'll get if you multiple voicemails or multiple topics. You know I'll work it in, Big O. But all right. Uh, the Bulls having a a sense of what they want back in the Zach Levine trade. Yes, I think I agree with that 100%. And I think that they're going to realize that that value is probably not what they're going to get with the current situation of the Bulls. Now, could they have gotten that at the trade deadline last year? Probably, but that's what it could have should have. At this point, yeah, you got to realize the market now, once, once a team knows that a trade request was either made or you have to trade a player, you typically don't get the same uh, value that you want back. It's, just, it's very rare, especially with a player like Zach Levine, who is flawed, right, has his has his issues, but he hasn't really been on a winning team. So that's the kind of things that's playing against the Bulls right now. Now, I also think that being bad doesn't necessarily signal a full rebuild, right? Right? Like you are at that point trying to develop, right? And there's different stages that I think kind of try to look at you're either rebuilding, competing, contending, or, or whatever, right? And there's different stages in, in between that. But I guess we'll end up seeing, right? Because right now the young players look like they're stepping up. If they get another young, uh, young pieces with future assets as well, I mean, you're not necessarily in the part where you're where you're where you're tanking, but you are in a place where you uh you're kind of similar in the in the baby bulls era, right? Kirk Heinrich, Ben Gordon, Luau Deng, that team was competing. They had it, they they didn't win a season and they end up getting the number one overall pick and it put that team over the top. So it it, it, it will it, we'll see. It could be kind of similar to that. But all right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Q. Uh hey, hey, it's, it's me, Q. Uh I'm just leaving the UC. I'm I'm right outside UC right now. Um and uh at this uh, Bulls-Bucks game, and I just I think the um, the pacing just looks a lot different with the team. Uh, I think that I don't know. It seems like having Zach and Demar off the court seems like the pacing has really increased, and it it's made me realize that the team is like is, is really good in transition. So I, I don't I don't understand why they want to try to make the team a, a three point shooting team. And try to do small ball when I mean that's just, it seems like a majority of the players on the team aren't like crazy you know sharpshooters. So it's like I think he really should focus on trying to make the team uh, uh, very fast on, in, in transition because when that did happen in the game, I noticed they got a lot of really good points. Um, and you know I mean I don't know what do you think about that? I, I think. That the team in transition is is uh is, is is really good, and when they start to get in transition, uh, uh, as soon as they get a, a rebound off of a, a missed shot, they're just off, you know. And like with guys like Io and Kobe, they're really fast on their transition. So I think that's something that they really are um, really should focus on to get points. I don't know. Just uh, tell me what you think about that. And uh, yeah, keep up the good work, man. Pacing looks different. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and what we've always said, like we have players on this team that absolutely would thrive playing in a more transition style, and that is why you heard in the offseason them say they wanted to play with more pace because we fit it. 
Kobe White fits with a team playing with more pace, getting out in transition. That fits Io DeSumo. It even fits a veteran like Javon Carter. Alice Caruso fits in. Patrick Williams is finding his place in that and how he can attack as well in that. And Vooch has always been solid, solid as a trailer in a more, not again, not run and gun. That's different than be playing a faster pace. Drummond can thrive in that as well. So, yes, we have a roster that can absolutely thrive in that. And that's why it was good and refreshing to see the Bulls play in that type of way. Um, would it? Yes, and we're definitely better in transition. We can attack before the defense sets up, um, especially because we don't necessarily have the best three-point shooters. It makes the bull, it makes the game so it's a simple game to quote Stacey King, and it makes it so much simpler when the Bulls are playing and operating that way. Great points there. Well, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Galen. What up, Hayes? It's Galen calling you again. I called you on the way to this game, and I said, "Give the fucking young guys a chance." I said, "Listen, this is the best goddamn time." This is the best way I've felt about the Bulls in years. And I'm telling you, motherfucker, this goddamn team is on fire as of, like, five seconds ago. All right? This team just came out and played the best game of the fucking season. Alex Caruso was so fucking clutch. This motherfucker had, like, how many inbound fucking steals to steal the game and the big three-pointer to send it to overtime. Are you fucking kidding me? Ugh. All right. Peace, man. I'm going to go listen to your post-game show on the drive home. God damn, I'm fired up. Fuck yeah. Go Bulls. And the only reason I played that is because of the excitement there. Shout out to you, Galen. I was, I'm glad that you were able to go to that game and experience that moment. I can only imagine I would have no voice, no nothing, if I was in the UC for that game against the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm glad that you got to go to that game and see that team perform in the manner that they did. Everybody who was there in the, in the UC, uh, to have the Madhouse on Madison back. It's always a good feeling to see that, much less be there and experience that. So that's always great as well. All right, let's get into the ne- the next voicemail. This one's from Cornelius. Hey, what's good, Hayes, man? It's Cornelius, man. Uh, I know the mail bag is on uh, Saturday, man. I just I just have to leave this one today, man, because uh, the way our team played, man, the heart that they played with, man. And, uh, you know, I live in Vegas, and we have uh, long nights, uh, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's one forty. Three in Vegas right now, so let's say uh, shit, our, our, our day is just getting started in Vegas. You already know, um, so um, and I'm a little inebriated, so uh, uh, please, uh, you know, have patience with me while I'm, you know, as I'm talking right now. <laughs> but at the end of the day, man, um, the best play, man. Um, that's why I'm kind of talking low because I almost lost my voice when I saw Io cross that man Giannis. I just, I lost, I lost, I lost. And um, it was beautiful to see the team play with heart. I'm going to say this. This is crazy to say. This is the Bulls' identity. How we played today, we just came up with identity in one game. That's fucking amazing. Um, I love DeMar. I love Zach. Um, send their ass to L.A. That simple. Um, I know it's just one game, so, you know, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. But just to see a team play with heart, like I said, whether they win or lose, just, just to see our team Come out there, play the Chicago Bull way to play to have the Madhouse back in Madison again. It's good to see the Madhouse was mad again. It was wonderful to see that, and uh, I'm proud of our young ones, man. Proud of Kobe, proud of P. Will. You know what I'm saying? Especially proud of Kobe. That man, um, uh, yeah, man, yeah, man. Um, uh, let's keep it this way. Let's keep it young. Let's keep this going. I love the pace. And Billy actually did a great job, man. And uh, like I said, I hope this ain't an anomaly. Uh-uh. I hope this keep on going. Like I said, I ain't going to say we're going to make the playoffs and all that, but let's, let's have fun this season. You know what I'm saying? Let, let, let this team be like the one team that we had with, you know, when we had Ron Artest, Eddie Curry, Tyson Chandler, 
uh, Jamal Crawford, uh, young Kurt Heinrich, you know, that, that team, you know, we didn't win a lot, but it was so much fun to watch. So much fun to watch them young guns. So, uh, man, hey, man, see Red stand up. Appreciate you like always, hey. Bulls coming up with an identity. I love that, right? I definitely love that. Baby Bulls era-esque, right? That team had an identity. They didn't always win a, win a bunch of games, right? But that team had an identity of being a scrappy team that competed on both sides of the ball, death by a thousand cuts, and that teams, even if you did beat the Chicago Bulls back in the Baby Bulls era, you knew you played the Chicago Bulls. That's how this team played against the Milwaukee Bucks, and I love what you said there. Building an identity. We have not had an identity in a while. Maybe that's the first step in building and, and first identifying what I, our identity can be. And when you have younger players that are playing out in transition that help establish that, it's a more sustainable identity to bring as well. We had identity to, f- to finish the season last year with Pat Bev. But again, that was a veteran who came in as a buyout candidate. It's hard to sustain that from season to season. If your young players are one of the people or are some of the people that are setting that identity, it's easier to maintain and it's more genuine and thus you get better results and more sustainable results now i'm not going to say we're always going to beat teams like the milwaukee bucks but uh, but as far as sustaining the results in the type of play that you have the level of play being able to expect that level of play always feels great when you're a chicago bulls fan you see a team competing like that but let's get into the last voicemail for today this one's from known say Theo hayes no stage again for your mailbag just came off from watching the bucks victory in OT, I had a couple quick thoughts for you because the barrage of three-pointers from the Nets game before, it sort of felt like the Bulls were very hesitant to not even shoot in that mindset game. It seems like watching <laughs> the game of my father-in-law, he's like, why are they not shooting? They just keep passing it around. But this game was super different. Not only were they moving the ball quickly around, like it seems like they're taking the shots quicker and they're taking the shots that they should have. But um. I know there was no holiday there, so that probably helped out. But just curious on, I think you and Pat, the designer, were talking about the Bucks run on vibes sometimes. So was that the reason why we were able to take down Dame Dalla and his crew? And I guess the last quick thing was that I was watching the Bucks game with my 8-year-old, and then he's watching Giannis do his thing. He's like, I'm a Bucks fan. And then by the end of the game, he saw P-Will with those two dunks that brought the house on. He's like, all right, I changed my mind. I'm bulls. And he wanted to see a replay of the, the Vooch, sorry, the, um, the Pat dunk, but the Vooch interview happened. So he's like, you know what? Let's watch a YouTube video of like backboards being smashed and being demolished when it was easy to, to break a backboard. So I don't know. Just, just the, the hypeness of the people dunks just got him, got him into it again. Anyhow, thanks for being the only, uh, Bulls podcasters to be posting content every day of the week, seven days, 24, 24. Appreciate you, man. First of all, great story about you and your son. Uh, more people share more stories about sharing the game. Like, as a father, it's always great to hear those moments of like families watching games. And I'm glad, listen, uh, go from a Giannis fan to a Bulls fan, whatever it had to be. Um, it, it's just great, man. And I, I really appreciate the win. And let's hope the Bulls can get another dub tonight against the New, uh, New Orleans Pelicans. But that's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media.